You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On Mets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Alright, so on today's show... We are going to continue our series of preseason power rankings for each position group. And today it is starting rotations. So in the second and third segments, you'll hear me go rotation by rotation and rank who has the best group in the National League East. In the first segment, I'll talk about what metrics we're looking at to analyze these pitchers. But I also have to discuss the latest roster moves the Mets have made. It basically appears now like we know what the opening day roster is going to be as Robert Gazelman has been guaranteed a spot in the bullpen and Mike Montgomery was released. So we'll go through all of that in just a minute. But for those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMariahsOnline.com. Now, Sunday night, we learned that Jerry Blevins, Jared Eikhoff, Caleb Joseph, Jose Peraza, Malik Smith, and Arodis Vizcainu, all of which were signed to minor league deals with invites to spring training, none of them have made the team. Now, I talked about this on Friday's show, you know, who I thought would make it, who wouldn't. I wrote a piece about it on Metsmerize with my roster predictions, and I had all of that down, that these were all kind of impending cuts. Steven Tarpley, another one on the Mets 40-man roster. They used one of his minor league options and sent him to AAA Syracuse as well. All of these guys likely to be in Syracuse. Uh, no surprises. Jerry Blevins had kind of mentioned that he might retire if he didn't make the team when he originally signed with the Mets, but he already said he is excited to be in Brooklyn, and he's going to be ready. He probably will get called on at some point this season. Now, the big news on Sunday, though, is that Mike Montgomery was released, which was really surprising to me. I thought he was going to get that swingman role in the Mets bullpen. They actually gave him a start on Sunday, I guess maybe as a last audition, and it did not go well against the Marlins as he gave up five runs on six hits while he walked one and struck out two over two and two-third innings pitched. Uh, Before that, he was great, had struck out seven and four and two-thirds without giving up a run. Obviously, that spring ERA ballooned on Sunday. Uh, overall, though, I still thought he still had a you know good shot to make the team. You know, he is a guy that has a lot of experience pitching in the swingman role, and maybe he didn't want to do that. I mean, there is a chance that Montgomery was going to exercise his opt out if he didn't get the opportunity to crack the rotation. The Mets gave him that opportunity on Sunday doesn't pitch well, they say, look, Luke Casey's going to be the guy. 
Maybe you can pitch to the bullpen, or maybe they even said, we can send you, you know, triple N. You can be the first starter up. And ultimately, Montgomery still had the opt out. So maybe these two sides just decided to part ways. And, you know, we'll see where Montgomery lands here. You got to imagine that there is some team out there that will, you know, put Montgomery in the rotation. Matt Harvey looks to be the number two starter in Baltimore right now, uh, which is great for him. And I hope he has a lot of success. But it's not like, you know, there was a ton of guys that he had to leap over to get that spot. So there's teams like Baltimore, like Pittsburgh. There's some bad teams out there. Montgomery can certainly find a role with um, where he can be in the starting rotation. So we'll see where he lands. But for now, the Mets are going to go with Robert Gazelman. He has made the opening day roster. Um, you know, this is a guy that has always had that upside, but just hasn't quite been realized. I will say he was kind of a rubber arm for the Mets 2018, 2019, where he was kind of leading the team in appearances and innings pitch. He ultimately goes down in the second half of 2019. Uh, at, at the time, he was leading the team in innings pitched out of the pen and really has dealt with some injuries since then. But we'll see what happens here. You know, I, I've said it before. We don't know what goes on in the backfields in those bullpens. Maybe Jeremy Hefner, the Mets pitching coach, was pulling for Gazelman, and some of the other evaluators decided he was a better option than Montgomery, and so the Mets go in that direction. The other guy that is likely to make the team now is Jacob Barnes. There's really just no one else in camp that you could really see taking that spot from him. Now that Vizcaino's down, Blevins, Tarpley, um, unless the Mets kind of change their thoughts on Jordan Yamamoto, I would assume that Barnes is going to get that last spot. And so you're looking at a pretty set bullpen right now with Edwin Diaz, Miguel Castro, Trevor May, Jerez Familia, Aaron Loop, Dylan Batantis, Robert Gazelman, and Jacob Barnes. I guess the other thing that could happen here is Jonathan VR could open up a roster spot because he has a groin injury. But considering the fact that Jose Peraza is not going to make this team, I got to imagine the Mets aren't concerned with that injury. And this roster is basically set. So with that being said, let's switch gears here. I want to talk about starting rotations in the National League East. What I am going to do when it comes to analyzing these guys, I looked at a couple metrics. One, strikeout per nine. Two, walk per nine. Three, home runs allowed per nine. And then XFIP, which is expected fielding independent pitching. This is basically a stat that tries to kind of give you the most accurate expectation of what a pitcher is providing when it comes to run prevention. Okay, this is not supposed to be reliant on defense. So where ERA can be inflated or deflated based on how your team plays behind you, XFIP tries to measure you know, what a pitcher is producing without involving defense, strikeouts, walks, hit by pitches, and fly balls allowed. This is supposed to be a stat that gives you as approximate of a value of a pitcher's ERA as possible. Fangrass has this stat. It is what they rely on, so that's what I'm using here. to try to kind of cut through all the numbers and show you how valuable some of these pitchers are. Now, the one thing I will say, and I'm not going to do a top 10 ranking for this episode like I have for infielders and outfielders because simply put, 
there's too much pitching in this division to decide a top 10. You have Jacob DeGrom up top. You have guys like Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola who have finished top three in Cy Young voting. You have an up-and-comer in Max Freed who I really like. And then you have a bunch of these guys in kind of a below tier, a tier two, who can pitch like a tier one starter in Steven Strasburg, Marcus Stroman, Zach Wheeler, Sandy Alcantara, Patrick Corbin, Mike Soroka, Carlos Carrasco, Noah Syndergaard. I mean, the list goes on and on. You even have guys that may be a, a tier below that, like Charlie Morton, Drew Smiley, Taiwan Walker, just to name a few, that are really solid. So this is a division stacked with starting pitching, and we'll talk about that a bit more in just a minute. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Jacob DeGrom, is he going to win the Cy Young? You can find that bet at Bet Online. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, Locked On Today is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. So let's start off talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. You look at this rotation, and it has Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I'm going to rank it as the worst rotation in this division. Because what do they have behind those two guys? Zach Eflin was very good in 2020. His strikeout per nine was 10.68. Anything over 10 for strikeouts per nine is excellent. His walk per nine was 2.29, not bad. Home runs per nine, 1.22. His XFIP was 3.23. So again, that is his value when it comes to run prevention. A 3.23 XFIP is basically saying that you know, his ERA should have been 3.23. Now, his steamer war projection for the 2021 season is 2.2. So if you get that from your third starter, it's not bad. But when you look at what's behind him in this Phillies rotation, I mean, they're going to need him to do a lot. They're going to need him to be maybe in a four-win pitcher, four-war pitcher, if they want to have a really competent rotation because... Outside of that top three, you're talking about Matt Moore, who basically kind of washed out of Major League Baseball, had to go to the MPB last year where he pitched well, had a 2.65 ERA. But you're talking about a pitcher with a 4.51 career ERA. Just don't know what the Phillies are going to get out of him. They have Vince Velasquez and Chase Anderson vying for spots in that rotation. And both of those guys, I think, are kind of better in theory than they are reality. I mean, we've seen Velasquez kind of be hyped up as, you know, the next Philly pitcher who can have some staying power, and he just hasn't. Chase Anderson, 
has started to get passed around the league a little bit. Just don't know what's there. Aaron Nola is great. Okay, last year, strikeup per nine, 12.11. That's elite. Uh, walk per nine, 2.90. Uh, his uh, home run per nine, 1.14. His ex-fip was 2.79. Steamer projects him to have a war of 4.2 this season. Very good. Zach Wheeler, Steamer says, will be a 3.3 war pitcher this year. His ex-fip last year was 3.76. ERA was lower than that. But overall, this is really a rotation where I can only count on two guys. And Eflin, I'm kind of in between on. So I I give them two and a half starters that you can trust. And that's why I had them below even the Marlins. Because, you know, you heard a ROM talk last week, hosted Locked on Marlins, about that young rotation. And I feel like they're a lot deeper. Sandy Alcantara is a pitcher that, you know, metrics maybe don't love. His ex-fip last year was 4.14. ERA was about a run lower than that. Um, you know, he has, he was projected to have a 2.1 war by Steamer in 2021, but I think he's a little bit better than that. I don't think he's a great ace. He's probably a number three on a really good team, but I think the Marlins have five of those guys. Pablo Lopez. Steamer projects him to have a 2.7 war this year. His ex-fip last season was 3.73. Strikeup per 9, 9.26. A walk per 9, 2.83. Home runs per 9, 0.63. I did not mention that about Alcantara. His home run per 9 was under 1 as well. This is a staff that might be able to keep the ball in the yard, and that's important. You have Sixto Sanchez, former top prospect. That looked really good in spurts last year. Made seven starts. Pitched to a 4.08 xFIP. Steamer projects his war to be 2.6 this season. I really like Sixto. I think he has ace potential if everything breaks right. Right now, again, probably more of a middle of the rotation guy. But it's solid. It really is. And this rotation has far more upside than Philly. Trevor Rogers. Huge lefty, six foot six. Aram was raving about him. His strikeout per nine in seven starts last year was 12.54. The walks were a little bit high at 4.18. But if he can figure that out, he can be really good. His ex-fip in 2020 was 3.67. Then you have LCR Hernandez, who made six starts last year. His stats are probably buoyed from the fact that I think he just completely dominated the Mets a couple of times if I remember correctly. But he is another guy that's young and has a chance to really help the Marlins. So I look at them, and with their overall depth, I think that they're probably the fourth best rotation in this division right now, only because of Washington's upside with that top three of you know Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, who obviously won a World Series in 2019. But those three guys, and we'll talk about them in a minute here, you know, they're well into their 30s. You know, you got Scherzer, who's 37. You got Strasburg, or he's turning 37, I should say. Strasburg's turning 33. Corbin is turning 32. You know, they all dealt with relative ineffectiveness or injuries last season. If by the end of the year, Washington was fourth or fifth, and the Marlins had the third best rotation 
in this division, I would not be surprised. I'll just say it like that. For now, they're four, but they have a lot of room to improve if all those young guys stay healthy and kind of start to figure it out in what, for some of them, or a lot of them, I should say, is going to be their first full season. With Pablo Lopez and Alcantara, they've had some time now to get a lot of run. They're kind of coming into their own. Those other three guys, though, are still kind of trying to establish themselves, but they are certainly high upside guys. Now, in just a minute, we'll talk about the big three rotations in this division, the Nationals, the Braves, and the Mets, and see where they all rank. But speaking of ranking, this is a big moment in time for the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you about Built Bar for a while because these are amazing treats that come low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and they are high in fiber. All their bars come covered in 100% chocolate. And right now it is Built Bar Madness. So we are trying to see which Built Bar is the best in today's matchup is the Caramel Brownie Bar versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. I said it before, I'll say it again, not a huge coconut fan. So I'm probably voting for Caramel Brownie, but if you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter, and you can vote on your favorites. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back, see who won today's matchup, and who's going to ultimately win the title for Best Tasting Protein Bar. So now let's talk about the Washington Nationals. A rotation that has some upside but could completely fall flat. And it's all buoyed by that top three. You look at Scherzer, last year, still had a very good strikeout per nine of 12.3. Uh, his walk per nine for the first time since 2010 was over three. His home run per nine was over one for the first time since 2016 at 1.34. His XFIP was still solid at 3.53. Steamer still thinks he's going to be an ace, projecting him to be a 4.8 war pitcher this year. But there's got to be some concerns, as again, he's turning 37 in July. He's dealt with some back injuries. Remember, his back was spasming in the World Series in 2019. I'm just a little bit hesitant to say he's definitely going to be elite for another season. But if he is... I just have to acknowledge that that contract the Nationals signed him to, seven years, $210 million, with a good amount deferred, but that's got to be one of the best contracts ever given to a starting pitcher. For a pitcher to live up to that deal the way he has, it's unheard of. Five all-star appearances, and last year you know, could have been a six if there was you know, an all-star game. I don't know if he would have actually made that, but I'm just saying... That was the first time he was not an all-star under that contract. He's pitched to a 2.80 ERA as a national, has led the league in strikeouts three times, hit 300 strikeouts once, has been over 243 in strikeouts every year, 
except for last year, obviously. He's won two Cy Youngs. He's been in the top three of the voting for the Cy Young four times. Unbelievable contract. The Nationals signed Scherzer too. I mean, if you get that level of production on a free agent signing, who's now in the last year of that deal, it's just ridiculous. So I kind of wanted to have a little aside on that. But moving through the Nationals rotation, you have Steven Strasburg. Again, high upside. Could Strasburg win a Cy Young? I doubt it. But if I'm going to say Wheeler could, I guess I have to acknowledge that Strasburg maybe in a perfect scenario could as well. Overall, though, he's had even more of a checkered injury past than Scherzer for sure. Even though Scherzer's older, I'm much more confident that Scherzer will pick up the ball for 25-plus starts than I am for Strasburg. If he's on the mound, he's great. Had a 3.17 XFIP his last season in 2019. Didn't pitch much last year. Only had two starts. Steamer projects him to have a 3.6 war. You go to Corbin. He turns 32 in July, as I mentioned. Uh, made 11 starts last year. Wasn't quite as good as he was in 2019. His ex-fit was 4.12. Steamer projects him to have a 3.6 war. When you go past that top three, though, John Lester, who was awful last year, might make this rotation. Uh, he had you know, an uh, ex-fit of 5.11 last year. A steamer only projects him to have a war of 1.1. Could be high. I, I don't know. I mean, Lester is 37 as well, and he seems a lot closer to washed than Max Scherzer. I'm just going to say, I don't know if there's anything left in the tank there. You've got uh, Austin Voth and Eric Fetty as the guys maybe competing with Lester for those last couple spots in the Nationals rotation. The, both of those guys have career ERAs over five. I just think that the back end of that rotation is pretty weak. Which is also why, obviously, I have them third behind the Braves and the Mets. We know what the Mets rotation is going to be, so let's talk about the Braves. Right now, it appears to be Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, Charlie Morton, and Mike Soroka is going to be back earlier than I anticipated, apparently mid-April is what they're targeting right now. So if they get him back, I mean, that's the rotation they want to have. Max Fried... If you go back to the Locked On Braves crossover from a couple weeks ago, we both raved about Freed, a guy pitched to a 2.25 ERA last season, although XFIP was a 4.05 for Freed, so maybe he got a little bit fortunate with some good defense behind him or maybe some home run balls that he would have gave up, stayed in the yard. So those are kind of things that could have maybe deflated that ERA, made the ERA look a little bit better, but, you know, Steamer still projects him to be a 3.1 war pitcher this year. He's got nasty stuff in the left side. I think the upside is pretty outrageous for Freed. And even the next guy we're going to talk about, Ian Anderson, really showed out in his six starts in 2020, had a 1.95 ERA. His ex-fip also... A little bit different from that ERA at 3.45. You notice that you know, teams that have good defense, you'll get a little bit more of that contrast between ERA and XFIP. You look at some of the Mets, it might be the opposite because their team defense has generally been bad. Ian Anderson struck out a lot of batters last year. 
Uh, strikeout per nine was 11.41. Walk per nine, 3.90 is concerning, but he was not giving up home runs either. Uh, that home run per nine rate was 0.28. We'll see what that looks like over a full season, but certainly a lot of upside there. Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton were the additions this offseason. They were projected to have a two war and a 3.5 war, respectively. Morton obviously seems to be valued a little bit more in the projection models, even though Smiley had the ridiculous strikeout per nine last year of 14.35. His ex-fip was 2.56. Definitely an interesting starting pitcher for the Braves and for Morton, a guy that can really be that veteran in the staff. We saw what he did in Tampa over the last couple of years and Houston before that, a very quality starting pitcher. Lastly, Mike Soroka, a guy that, you know, at one point had a little bit of Cy Young buzz, I believe, in 2019. Also Rookie of the Year buzz. I uh, was a really solid pitcher. In 29 starts, he pitched to a 3.85 xFIP. Um, his strikeout per nine that year was 7.32. The walk per nine, 2.11. And the home run per nine, 0.72. And that's over 29 starts. Those aren't 2020 numbers. So those are pretty respectable lines across the board for a quality starting pitcher. Uh, Steamer projects his war to be 2.1. Again, looking at all of that, the Braves are just solid. And to have guys like Tuki Tucson coming out of the bullpen or waiting in the wings, they have a lot of young prospects. I couldn't even pretend to know for sure, but I do know they have horses in the wings. And so that makes them the second best rotation in this division because the Mets are number one. You look at the opening day rotation, and I still think it's very solid compared to some of these other teams because I like the one-two punch of Jacob DeGrom and Marcus Stroman up against any team in this division because Jacob DeGrom is just that much better than every other pitcher in this division. His strikeout per nine last year was 13.76, walk per nine 2.38, home run per nine 0.93, his ex-fip was 2.46. Yes, he is really, really good at baseball. Steamer projects his war to be 6.5. I've seen a couple people predict that DeGrom might be in the MVP race this year because of how good the Mets are going to be. and He's going to be in the middle of all of it. He's going to have a monster season because he's Jacob DeGrom. He's throwing 102 in spring training games. I uh, have no doubt in my mind about that. I think he wins his third Cy Young in four years. And when you have that horse atop a rotation that's as deep as the Mets are, it really doesn't matter much to go into great detail about any of these other guys. But I will because Marcus Stroman is a pitcher that I think is kind of becoming underrated. People are really starting to devalue what he does and you know, this is a guy that was an ace for Toronto for years and an ace for some playoff teams. So I think, you know, he is a very good second starter for the Mets. And I think he is more prepared for this season than anybody. He just seems ready to kind of take this lead by storm. I think he's an all-star this year. I really do. And I look at those two guys and 
you know, I just don't see anyone in this division that has that because DeGrom is that good. Because I think Stroman is in for maybe a career year. And then you go down the list and Taiwan Walker, you know, his ex-fip last year was 4.82. That was what I was looking at when I wasn't necessarily thrilled with that signing. But overall, he's a quality starting pitcher who will eventually be this team's, what, four or maybe five starter when Carrasco and Syndergaard get healthy. So I, I like that a lot. And you go to Peterson, um, his ex-FIP last year was 5.11. Says that he was maybe a little bit fortunate to have as much success as he had. But I still like him as you know a, a placeholder, four or five starter. I'm not saying that he can't stay in the rotation all year. I just hope the Mets are healthy and Syndergaard and Carrasco you know, eventually push him either to Syracuse or into the bullpen. But Steamer projects Peterson to have a 1.3 war. They project Lucchese to only have a 0.7 war. Um, but Lucchese, again, guy that's in the rotation for now. Who knows how long he remains in the rotation. You had the guys from injuries you know, coming back. You have someone like Jordan Yamamoto who could eventually pitch his way back into this rotation. I just like all the options the Mets have. And when you eventually get to the point where you have a Noah Syndergaard who's projected to have a 2.0 war and only 16 starts, that means if he was available for a full season, he would be a four-war you know, type pitcher according to projections. Carlos Carrasco, a 2.7 projected war over 21 starts. So again, probably at about a four-war pitcher. You look at overall depth and you look at the ceiling that this rotation has once healthy, and I just think it's the best in this division. I honestly think it has the potential to be the best in baseball. You know, teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, maybe even the Yankees, kind of. I don't know. Depends on how much you love Garrett Cole and James Paxton, and I guess if Luis Severino is healthy. But overall, when you look at this Mets team, this rotation has the chance to be really special. And in the beginning, when you have Lucchese and you have Peterson, it might not be quite that special elite group that it can one day be. But for now, it's very good with two horses atop of it, with Stroman and DeGrom. And you have two horses waiting in the wings and a lot of depth around them. That's why the Mets have the best rotation in this division. Now, I want to speak this into existence for tomorrow's show. I hope I'm going to be talking about a mega extension that the Mets have signed Francisco Lindor to. All indications are that a deal could be on the horizon. Steve Cohen is talking about this a lot on social media. I don't think he'd be teasing fans if something wasn't going to come together. Lindor and Cohen got an Italian dinner together a Saturday night. I think that's a good sign. So, you know, we'll see what the dollar amount is and we'll talk about that. Hopefully, uh, something gets done tomorrow. Otherwise, we still got some more great stuff for the week on Thursday. Brian Wright comes back on for an opening day special. We got our locked on division day crossover with the Phillies to close out that preview before the start of the season. And opening day, again, is on Thursday. So excited about that. That'll be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ryan. 
Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB every day with a new episode coming up until the 31st featuring in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. So follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts.